Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey everyone, welcome into the Dublin and the Denver podcast on the Mile High Report Podcast Network. Michael McQuaid, Colin Cronin, Stuart Roach. Looking back on, a, I guess, a forgetful week six, the Denver Broncos falling 2-3-3 in the season, losing 34-24 um, to the Las Vegas Raiders. Broncos scoring 14 points in the fourth quarter to make that more of a realistic scoreline. 34-24, so it was 34 uh, it was 31 to 10 at the end of the third quarter to the Las Vegas Raiders. Broncos falling three and three in the season. We're three and zero after week after three weeks. Uh, Column, I'll start with you, man. Um, usually on this podcast we review the game, but let's just review what happened. Uh, obviously, a very, very disappointing result going up against a team that had lost their coach in in obviously serious circumstances during the week, and and they go up and put 34 points up against us and. We try and cover the cracks with 14 points in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I, thing is, I'm I'm not even angry because it's it's not a surprise as such. Um, as as the week went on, and as you heard the Broncos prepare for this game, and as you heard the Raiders players talk about the game, it was obvious which direction it was going. We've had three years of Vic Fangio and, um, you know, the 
the record uh, like we we started off the season we were we were very lucky with the uh the opening three games i would have questions whether this broncos team would beat trevor lawrence after he had six weeks in in the nfl um but um the the broncos have a winning record in vic fangio's tenure against three teams with a winning record and those are Tennessee or not Tennessee, um, Tennessee, Houston and Miami, Miami last year. You're not exactly beating the powerhouses. If you're a good uh, team against Vic Fangio, you're going to win. It's as simple as that. He beats bad teams. But the whole reason you have a defensive minded coach is to get you over the hump against those big teams. There's no signs that he's building anything. Um, you know, there, there's, there's no signs that, that, that we're, we're actually regressing because we're, we've become so bad defensively. Now, Derek Carr had the best patter, passer rating in week six. Derek Carr had the best passer rating against the Broncos, much vaunted defense, but none of it is a surprise. Um, you know, to, to me, I look, I, I, Minnesota 2019 was when I really lost all faith in Vic Fangio. Um, blew a 20-point lead against what I considered an average Vikings um side. There have been there's loads of it, whether it's timeouts, whether it's challenges, whether it's the way in which he talks about players, you know, I, it none of it, none of it's ever made sense, but nothing that the Broncos have done since Super Bowl 50 has made a whole lot of sense. So there's just a huge amount of disappointment. Um, and, and the danger is that disappointment comes apathy. Stuart, uh, let's not cut the crop here. Piss poor. Piss poor third week in a row, but more so this week at home against the Raiders after everything Vegas had been through. Piss poor. Yeah, not only everything that Vegas had been through, Michael, but also this was alumni weekend in Denver. Um, yeah. Yeah. By far and away, the greatest coach in the Broncos' history, Mike Shanahan, was inducted into the into the Ring of Fame. Um, this is Manchester United versus Liverpool. This is the Red Sox versus the Yankees. The the Raiders and the um, the Broncos absolutely detest each other. We've all seen that Samuel L. Jackson intro into to Monday Night Football. Um, this was a really really dreadful performance. Um, as you said, we put fourteen points up in the fourth quarter which were absolute garbage time stats. When this game was was in the mix, when this game was on the line, we failed utterly. We put, you know, we, we managed to put a little bit of lipstick on the pig towards the end, but don't be fooled. This was an absolute beatdown. Um, this was among one of the worst performances I think I've ever seen against the Raiders uh, in Denver. This was dreadful. They were beaten from, from, from the first quarter to the last. And, um, you know, again, we did something similar with Pittsburgh last week where they handled us very easy. I've been saying for a while, I think there's a there's a really serious beating on the cards for us. I'm not sure if the Browns are going to be able to deliver it this week because they've got some injuries, although I think um, they're getting some of those injured players back. I fully expect the Browns to beat us, and I think they'll beat us handily. But there's a, there's a, there's a serious beating coming for this team. Um, a lot of it's due to the fact that the, the offense is anemic, but I think we kind of expected that given the, 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 the quarterback, given the, the offensive coordinator. To me, the huge surprise... Or the real disappointment is just how poor the defense is. Um, there's there's almost zero pass rush. 
Um, Derek Carr was 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 sacked twice. Both of them, I think, were from defensive back. So it was Derek Carr scrambling, and he didn't quite make it back to the line of scrimmage. Like they weren't sacked in the in the sense that we, you know, Paul Miller, you know, hitting Cam Newton repeatedly in the in the Super Bowl. They weren't those kind of sacks. Um, secondary has been a train wreck. The most expensive secondary in the league, bar none. Um, first round, the, the the best player in our secondary at the moment by a country mile is Pat Sertan, the rookie. Uh, you know, like he, he is showing up the form of all of the rest of the secondary. Our two safeties are having absolute nightmares back there. Um, Fuller is benched. He comes in for a couple of, like Fuller is benched. Like th- that's, the, the secondary has been such a disaster that that barely even registered as a headline. Normally that would have been a huge story. Um, you know, because he paid a lot of money to this guy and approve a deal, and it's it's been it's been it's been really really not worked out. Darby was toasted by Rugs repeatedly, um, and our offensive line is is dreadful as well. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Now, not all these sacks are on the offensive line. Not all these hits. Some of them are on Teddy for hanging on to the ball too long. He was hit seventeen times, I think, at the weekend. Seventeen times. Now, again, part of this is to do with the fact that. Um, you know, it's. I think it's common knowledge now when the game starts to get away from our beloved Pat Shermer, he puts three wideouts and he starts slinging it. Like Teddy Teddy Bridgewater completed 35 of 49 for 330 yards. Really the worst 330-yard passing game I've ever seen. Um, did anybody think when Teddy Bridgewater was brought in for this alleged quarterback competition that he was going to start throwing the ball almost 50 times and this was going to work out? This is This is Teddy's game. This is not Teddy's game. So you've just got a culmination of so many factors. The offensive line has been nowhere near as good as advertised going into the season. The, the secondary is just a catastrophe. And this has all the signs of getting worse because if you can't raise yourself to play against the Raiders on alumni weekend with the best coach in Broncos history being inducted. Uh, who are you going to? raise yourself or you know and there's all this talk about oh you know great players step up and they get things turned around and they're going to rally you know the the broncos social media team you know doing their best to whip up some enthusiasm apathy was the word colin would use absolutely absolutely because that's where we're at now we're you know you you again i said it last week you, you watch a broncos game and then you switch on you know we were the later one this time so you watch some of the earlier games it's almost a different sport, the stuff that we're putting out. It's dreadful. It's dread- the product is dreadful. Colin said it last week. You're losing, but not only are you losing, you're boring. That's there's, there's, That stadium's going to be half empty by the time you hit week 13 if things keep going the way they're going. I think that's the most depressing thing about it as well. And and going on what you just said there a minute ago, but in terms of being you know depressing and boring and stuff, when the Broncos go down a score in the first or second quarter, the immediate thing that now comes to my head is, oh, that's it. That's it over. Because you can't see them getting back into the game. And when I went on Twitter on, on, on Monday morning, and I'm not going to say who said this, somebody tweeted out, and they haven't got a blue tick, but a good following among Broncos fans. Somebody tweeted out, let's put Drew Lock in. Are you taking... like? It's it's very it's very very hard to to control what I'm about to say here because I really need to watch what I'm going to say here, lads. But what the hell was the last three months about? Six months about? Like you know, this is the same sort of guys who are saying, no, 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 Teddy's better. Let 
Drew Locke's, you know, Drew Locke hasn't, you know, no. No, it's just, I don't, I don't, I don't get why bringing in Drew Locke into that Raiders game with, with Sullivan and They don't have a competent quarterback there, like, that's going to get the job done in certain situations. But I think, I think, you know, Pat Sherwin needs to take, again, another, another look at himself. Uh, the team isn't running the ball enough. I don't know where Vaughn Miller is. Did he get stuck down the I-70 two weeks ago, or where is he? Seriously, like, he's been nowhere the last two games. Um, I would have to say that's probably our worst loss in 10 years. Colin, am, am, I, being, am I being rude saying that? You know, Because that, that was woeful, and Colin, I agree with what Stuart's saying. You do feel as if a beatdown is coming, and I'll talk about the Browns, obviously, with you lads in a bit here, but there are no positives to take from that game. And I am not going to take the two touchdowns at the end as positives because you think on social media that, that it is. Um, I, 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 I don't take a whole lot of positives, but um, we, we, we have suffered um, other, other beatdowns over the, the course of the, the last few years. I think what made this one obviously particularly... Um, you know, frustrating was the fact um, that it was uh, against the the Raiders. It was on the day, you know, as we discussed, Mike Shannon gets inducted, um, and all all that sort of stuff. But where where is the hope in in Denver to come from? I mean, you look at the teams that are below us in terms of average points per game, and um. You know, some of them have really like the 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 Texans. Okay, the Texans are, are a shambles of of an, of a franchise from top to bottom, right? Um, so that's understandable. Miami, who are uh, a disaster this season as well, could easily be zero and six. Detroit, Jared Goff has his head coach, um, you know, throwing him under the the bus the other night. The Giants, where we know that Daniel Jones is is not the the answer. Pittsburgh, um, who have all sorts of issues at uh, quarterback and, and Big Ben is clearly this is his his last season. We know the issues that that they have. And then you have the rookie QBs, right? Which we're seeing Trevor Lawrence grow, right? In in a in a Jacksonville team where he doesn't exactly have a whole load of weapons, right? And yet He's still um, not not far off what the Broncos are averaging per game. Um, you look at New England and, and Mac Jones, and they they have struggled on offense as well this year. But they have a rookie QB. There's hope for the future. The only teams where you you think you've a rookie QB, but what where are you going? The Jets, who are my God, they're averaging 13 points a game, but Denver are at 21 points. You know, and this is realistically, this is as good as it's kind of going to get. Jerry Judy is to come back, but the the O line ha- has is supposed to have the best O line coach in in the league. Um, the there are two solid running backs. There are tight end options. There are uh, wide receiver options, and yet we're still struggling. And have we had? Injuries, absolutely. Have the Ravens had injuries? Like, the injuries have been the great excuse for the Broncos over the the last few years. 
The Ravens have had injury after injury after injury. But thanks to good coaching and having gone and gotten their quarterback and built around him, built around his strengths, developed him, they are absolutely reaping the rewards. They put an all-merciful beatdown on the Chargers earlier, um, just at the weekend. They put a beatdown on the the Chiefs uh, as well. And that's all when they lost their top three running backs. Um, They lost their their CB1. Um, They've now have um, their all-pro tackle, who's now out for, for the season. So they've had a huge number of injuries. They've just gotten on with it. No complaining. Same, you heard J.J. Watt at the weekend, if anyone saw his post-game interview, where he he they asked about the COVID situation and, and the injuries. And that he, he said, no, we didn't talk about it. We, went, we knew we were going to win this. That is what you need. Um, and... The you have to take advantage, I suppose, as well of what's given to you. Now, we did that in that we had the easiest schedule um, possible to open this season. Then when it got a bit tough, suddenly we're we're back to, to three and three. Um, I, it's very difficult to see where where the hope comes from uh, right now. It, re- it really, really is. If you're if you're a Broncos fan, I think this is a franchise desperately in need of an owner a head coach and a new um a new a brand new qb room i I don't think there's anyone in the qb room who is capable of being a franchise qb judy was boring hello then judy discovered jumbacasino.com it's my little escape now judy's the life of the party oh baby mama's bringing home the bacon whoa take it easy judy The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Have you had a there, Stuart? Yeah, I think, you know, Colin's like a lot of good points. One of the things that he touched on, which... I, I think I may have said to Colin in private, but I'll, I'll say it here. If the Patriots find a replacement for Tom Brady sooner than we find a replacement for Peyton Manning, then the front office should be just sent into, into orbit. I mean, that is like you're talking about arguably the greatest quarterback in NFL history. Personally, I probably would go for Joe Montana, but, you know, we're splitting hairs here. Tom Brady is an unbelievable quarterback. He was there for so many years. Um, he won so many, so many Super Bowls for them. And they look like now, now Mac Jones hasn't set the world on fire, but he looks like he's getting better each week, even though they're losing games, they're competitive. Mac Jones hasn't looked like a disaster in any of the games I've seen him so far this season. Um, so it looks to me, if, if he avoids serious injury, that Mac Jones is going to become a good replacement for Tom Brady, whether that becomes Super Bowls, who knows. But we've had, what, six years now? At this, they've had one, and it looks like they've managed to do it. So I, I, I just, it comes back to a cultural thing. It comes back to there seems to be a lack of there seems to be a lack of desire to do what's required. We've we've touched on this before. The the prime opportunity was after Manning retired and Osweiler left. You just go, you know what? We are 
in complete rebuild mode now. We've got plenty of pieces that's still left on this team that we can use for draft capital in order to trade up the following season and go and get our guy. Because the thing about it is, I jokingly said that I'd already started looking at um, quarterbacks for next year's draft on uh, on uh, you know on college football at the weekend. And, you know, already you're being here, oh, it's not a great year for, for quarterbacks. You, you know, it's either an amazing year or it's a poor year, depending on the, the, you're, you're going to get a quarterback if you, if you put your mind to it. And I'm looking at it and going, yeah, I like to look at this guy. He, he looks like he's got, and then you're kind of going, you know what? This is, this is just a waste of time anyway, because the Broncos are not going to do what's needed because they've shown absolutely no desire to do what's needed. So as Colin was saying, the best hope that we have at the moment is for the team to be sold after this season ends. There seems to be a little bit more sort of uh, noise about that again in the last few days. You need that to come in, and then you need the whole thing to be cleared out. Now, whether or not you include George Payton, I personally would give him another chance because I think he's done well. I think people got really carried away um, and massively overhyped what he'd done up to this Like It's getting to the stage now where I don't know if Broncos fans on Twitter are being sarcastic or not because somebody was talking about how great a pickup John Ross was um you know you're kind of going is there a can we get a sarcastic font for Twitter because I'm struggling because you know the scary thing is I think some like I, I think the guy might have been serious you go he's a street free agent that, that hasn't done anything for two years and and we're going oh George well then that's great no he just signed a street free agent wide receiver who's fast you know so I personally would give him another another year, though, in fairness. I, I don't think. But you're talking about people who are going to be spending, I think, the guts of $4 billion on a franchise. So the idea, oh, you know, George may or may not get a, get another crack. Now, the people around the league have spoken very highly of him, and I tend to listen to them. Um, but you, you need the whole thing to, to, to just be blown up and started from scratch because it's going nowhere. And even if, even if by some miracle we claw our way into a wildcard position, as I said last week, and I think you guys agree with me, the first time we meet decent opposition in the playoffs, we will be hosed, absolutely hosed from start to finish. And that's absolutely when the beat is going to come. And um, like, Make no mistake, the Raiders took their foot off the pedal in the fourth quarter. You could see it when they, they got enough first downs to kill the clock, then they were happy to punt it away. If they, if they had to put up another couple of scores, they would have done. Um, and the Raiders are okay. They lost their head coach. They'd lost the previous two games and they came into Denver's house. And again, this is the really worrying thing that I don't think has been picked up. But again, the Broncos were bullied, bullied. They've been bullied now by the Ravens. They've been bullied by the Steelers and they've been bullied by the Raiders. Like, this is not good enough. You know, you can be outmatched, you can be out-schemed, but you at least need to show some fight. Like, this, there doesn't seem to be a huge amount of heart in this team, whether it's leadership, whether it comes from the top, there's not a great deal of fight in this team, and that's inexcusable, particularly against the Raiders. I have to give it to the Raiders after everything they've been through to go to Denver and score that amount of points. Um, I have to give it to him in terms of the win, but I think it makes the situation in Denver look even worse that a Raiders team that lost a guy in Gruden, you know, after everything that that team has been through in terms of moving to Vegas, everything, the whole history, the whole fallout in terms of what happened there, it's it's just it's it's embarrassing for us. Um, and it's great that we can do this now and just say, look, it's it's not good enough, and anybody that tries to say it is good enough is wrong. Um, 
or even remotely, oh, it'll be okay in a few weeks is wrong. Because when you have the Browns on Thursday night, Washington, the Cowboys, the Eagles, the Chargers, and the Chiefs coming up before the 12th of December, I think we're I think we're in serious trouble here. Um, we might as well just put that out there now and be honest about it. Uh, maybe you boys don't agree with that or think that, and I'll, I'll, I'll tap this in a second, but there's a real possibility here, Colin, that we might not get a win until the 12th of December. Against the Lions, um, I I don't know. Oh, I like I I can see some really really um, tough matchups uh, in coming up, but equally, I mean the the Washington football team are are no great jakes. I mean, if this was um, if this was any competent Denver team, like we have so many home advantages. The the the, the Broncos should be winning, you know six at minimum a minimum of six home games a year realistically given that other teams have to come in deal with the altitude all that sort of stuff um and that should be a base and then you should build from there um now we all like that under pad poland that was it like you bounce back and that's why we went to the playoffs so frequently um i i look at some of the games and i think yeah like i mean look the cowboys are like are a behemoth at, at at the moment and it took all of bill belichick's guile and cunning and and everything else to slow them down and and they still got the win but they're averaging you know 34 points a a game the chiefs who have issues on defense sure but like you saw them get it together at half time you saw honey badger step up um and 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 be a, a leader but the chiefs are averaging 31 points a game if the if the Chiefs get their average, how are, how are we going to beat the Chiefs? How are we are we going to score thirty two points? Are are we going to score thirty six to to beat Dallas? Um, you know, the, we play the hapless Lions, um, at the beginning of uh, our you know second week in in uh, in, in December, um, I. It'll be interesting to see how we do it in in others. But again, like we we are going to be playing the Browns on Thursday night. They're going to be without their their top two running backs, and their quarterback is got a serious shoulder injury. Now, by all accounts, he's going to um, play on Thursday. From from reading what he said today, but I also see that um, Teddy is still walking with a significant limp. So, um, what what does that mean? So I think um, you're you're looking at um, certainly a tough schedule. But the, the thing to remember as well is the league is built for parity, okay? And the Broncos have had um, five, you know, um, the two the after the Super Bowl, okay, with the winning season with Gar- with Gary Kubiak, and then two losing seasons under Vance Joseph, two losing seasons under Vic Fangio. So you high draft picks, so you should be bringing people in, so you should be looking to build on it. I mean, when you look at the teams right with the longest drought, um, that's where you know they're poorly run teams, and the Jets are so far ahead of everyone else, and the Jets are not going to the playoffs. So the Jets are going to ha- be a dozen years without the the playoffs. The next on the list have been the Cards, the Bengals, and us. And the Cards are going to the playoffs this year, right? Um, for oh, um, since the merger, I think four forty teams have started six and zero. Oh. 
38 of them have gone to the playoffs. So the cards are going to go to the playoffs. The Bengals are certainly in with a shot of going to the playoffs. Um, and as for us, well, it would it would have to be a huge turnaround. But if um, if we go another year without that, and you know we it's it's the Jets and then us and one other, look, that tells its own story on how you're running a franchise. Have you had that last year before you look at the Browns game? No, it's a good point because I think what what for me like I know the cards got to the NFC Championship game a couple of years ago. Made a good team with Carlson and Palmer, and you know they did a good, did a good defense. But the Cards and and in particular the Bengals are, are kind of you know I, I say this with respect they're they're not really teams that you ever really concern yourself with when you're up at the top of the NFL. But you know the Broncos would have been undermining the Bengals were okay, Cards were okay, but you know they weren't really teams that were seemingly going places. The thing that now um, and it's the same with the Bills uh, from a couple of years ago. What both the Cards and the Bengals in particular have is hope. They've hope now. And the reason they've got hope is because of two things. One, they've got young, progressive, innovative coaches. And the second thing is they were quarterbacks. That's it. Like when you think about it, they did what people tell you not to do, which is they jettisoned the first round draft pick of a quarterback in Rosen because they just went, you know what, this isn't going to work out. And they did what it took. They went up and they got Kyler Murray. Colin is very fond of saying it, and I agree with him. They went out, they got their quarterback, they got the coach to work with them, and they they basically started to build the whole team around him. Look at what the Bengals did. Everyone was saying they needed to get an offensive lineman because, um, you know, Joe Burrow, unfortunately, got injured last year. They went out and they got the um, wide receiver, um, from LSU, Javar Chase, who looks really, really good. So, you know, that's the thing. And I think you can put up with a season or two where things maybe not. Like, the thing is, you're kind of going, realistically, the Broncos aren't going to the playoffs. So then you're going, that's it. That's another another year that it's wasted. So that's what? That's going to be our sixth year since Peyton Manning retired that's just been wasted. Wasted. You've got to pull the trigger. Somebody eventually has to go. Enough is enough. We need to start from scratch. So, you know, I think the, the, the points total column is making really valid points. You know, we might have had a shot at beating the Chiefs. We played them in week two, given the defensive struggles they had. The Chiefs are now looking like they're beginning to get their house in order because they, they look like they've just gone L.A. Lakers, 1980s. Let's just fast break. Let's score 100. They score 99. Let's, let's win. You know what I mean? They, they've just gone feck it. Our defense isn't very good. Uh, let's just put points on the board. We're not going to live with that. We're not going to live with that. People talk about, oh, Vic gave the blueprint to beat the Chiefs. What? They beat the Bears, beat the Chiefs, was a couple of years ago once. They slowed them down and suddenly, well, if he's given us the blueprint to beat the Chiefs, why isn't he using it then? I mean, I know we were close last year, but do you honestly think the Chiefs-Broncos game that's coming up in a couple of weeks, does anyone think that's going to be close? It's not going to be remotely close. Because this team is, it's not built to play fast break football. It's not. It's not built to put 32, 35 points up on the board. It's not. All, most of the other good teams in the NFL are built to do that. But we seem, as again, risk of repeating ourselves, we seem to be under the impression that it's 1983 in the NFL that you win by scoring 17, 20 points. It isn't. It isn't. You know? So I just, I, you know, I, I, I felt that that game was a real crossroads moment. 
Um, I thought with the alumni weekend, I thought Shannon coming in. I just, I'm still flabbergasted by how poor that was. It, it was dreadful. It was absolutely dreadful. And thankfully, we didn't have any distraction this week with, you know, running plays at the end and that kind of thing. This was just a straight up, now you got your asses whooped, you know, so live with it. Indeedy. Broncos going up against the Browns this Thursday night. Thursday night football in Cleveland. Uh, I'm going to start off with my pick and my reasoning. From what I've seen over the last few weeks, I don't think the Broncos team in Cleveland has a hell of a chance on Thursday night. I rate this Browns team very highly. I know they didn't win it uh, at the weekend. And I know that the, well, I guess the line wasn't great for Baker Mayfield. He got sacked a lot as well. But I think Baker Mayfield will and, and the Browns will look at this game and, and laugh on Thursday night. I can't see us winning this game at all. I have the Browns winning by a comfortable scoreline on Thursday night. And I think we then get into a conversation where the game against Washington on the 31st becomes extremely interesting. And I know you boys have talked about it there. But this is a Washington team that went to Atlanta and scored over 30 points. And that's all I'm going to say right now. So uh, I, have, I have the Browns winning. Uh, it's depressing to say that because usually I always give this team a chance going into it. But I, I, just, I just can't see how this Broncos team beat the Browns team regardless if Nick Chubb plays or not. Um, Kareem Hunt also, is he out guys? Colin, who have you got? Yeah, see, I think they're as bad as um, we have been over the last three weeks. Again, it's built for for parity. The Browns are now without their top two running backs, and Mayfield is tied for second in terms of the most sacked QB in in the league. He's eighteen sacks through six games. Um, if if the Broncos are this should be a winnable game is what I'm saying. The Broncos shouldn't be going in thinking that there, there's no way they can't win. And I, I think the danger with that is, Michael, then you start to provide excuses um, to, to the team because I, I think the Broncos should be going in saying, this is the Browns team struggling. They're struggling for confidence. They haven't looked like the, the Browns team that we, we saw last year. There are questions, you know, I like given the Browns history, I, I think, and Stuart and I discussed this, that I'd give, Mayfield the contract given everything that's gone in their history but I know there are people out there saying you know Baker is um you know may not deserve it yeah he's not Josh Allen and he's not Lamar Jackson but he's a he's a decent QB but it all depends on on the system I just look at the this Browns team and they are so so beaten up and it is a short week and and if your QB is um you know, carrying a major injury, that would be a concern. I I, I think the Browns being at home makes them favorites, but I, I don't see a reason. And if this Broncos side is to do anything, this is the time to make a response coming off that Raiders game. If we don't see a response from the Broncos, I think you'll have your answer as to whether Vic Fangio has lost the, the dressing room or not. I'm going to say that the, the, the Broncos can get a win, now, I have huge concerns for the rest of the season, but I think that all all things um, are possible and sometimes you get a, a freak result after it um, and what it might do is get give a false sense of optimism. So let's see. I think the Broncos are capable of getting a victory in Cleveland. 
Nice one, nice one, nice one. Uh, Stuart, finally, who have you got on Thursday night and why? I think if the if the Browns were a little healthier than they are, I think they'd win this easily. Um, I think the the two both running backs being out is a major loss. Obviously, I do think they're getting their injured offensive lineman back. Um, Willis is due to come back. Um, the Browns' defense isn't bad. They've got you know Miles Garrett. If if last Sunday was anything go by, Miles Garrett is going to have an absolute field day. Like Max Crosby looked like you know, Reggie White out there. So God only knows what's going to happen with Miles Garrett. Um, I think the Browns will win this. I don't think they'll win it easily because I think they're too banged up. Although we're now missing both of our starting inside linebackers, I guess the fact that both of their starting running backs are out means that it's not as big a deal as it might have been because if 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 we were down to a you know third and fourth line inside linebackers th- those running backs would have killed us um i think the brands will win i think they're just better than we are um, i know there's a lot of injuries but we're kind of banged up too i think the broncos will lose this 24 17 and then what you're looking at then sorry michael is you've then got a mini break because it's 10 days until the game against washington uh, which is a tricky enough game. So if anything was going to happen, it would probably happen then. Somebody pointed out the other day on Twitter, when you get your, your, you know walloped by the Raiders at home, traditionally this means one thing and one thing only for that Broncos head coach, which is that they're fired. It doesn't happen automatically or immediately, but it generally tends to happen a couple of weeks afterwards. Wade Phillips got fired after they were battered by the Raiders. Mike Shannon got fired. Um, after he was beaten heavily at home by the Raiders. So there is precedent here. Um, we'll just wait and see what happens. Time will tell. Lads, appreciate you uh, chatting to us after what was a d- difficult weekend. Difficult weekend to watch that game. I'll, I'll end this podcast on a high note. Uh, a few orange jerseys at Tottenham at the weekend, seeing a few Justin Simmons, a few a few Von Miller jerseys. But uh, yeah, look, it's, it's, it's a big week and I guess we'll see what happens. But uh, Broncos playing the Browns first night football. Stuart Collum, appreciate your time, lads. Want to thank everyone for listening to the podcast. You can subscribe uh, on Malhai Report on all good podcast networks. And lads, we'll chat after the game uh, on Thursday. We'll chat soon, maybe over the weekend, early next week. And and go Broncos! Thanks for your time, lads. Go Broncos! Go Broncos!